Hello, hello, welcome to Self-Improved. I am here, it's pre-Shabbos, which for any goyza that don't know what Shabbat is, it's the end of the week for Jews, and it's a dinner at the end of the week. You celebrate the week ending. You do not work for a day, aka like you just relax for a day. You don't use your phone for a day at the end of the week. And it's awesome. It's like Thanksgiving once a week for Jews, pretty much. But anyways, so if you hear a bunch of people talking and stuff, that is what you hear. Welcome. We're going to break it down. I'm going to jump right in to some of this content. And I can even ask some of my siblings and my mom what they think. We're going to start with a uh, podcast from Bigger Pockets. They, they were talking about making one decision that sets up a bunch of decisions. For example, you, like the president, he had a bunch of the same suits. And so he made the one. Shabbat Shalom, Rev. Bye, turn So, so he made a decision to have all the same suit. So that would make future decisions easier. He didn't have decision fatigue. It's no different than you make one little decision of not picking up the junk food so that you don't have to make a million tough decisions later on. Anyways, on to the next one. Are you okay with we, that we text the so there's a thing here mentioned is urgency is important to reach a goal. But urgency also could technically take away from enjoying the process. And this is where I'll ask you, like, well, what's important? Enjoying the process or urgency? And in what context, right? That's the real question. So I actually want to hear uh, other people's opinions. So, Mother, I was wondering, is urgency important and key for reaching goals? Or is it taking away from enjoying the process? And in what context should you focus on each? Absolutely, urgency is a huge part for many people, including myself. When I have a deadline, I move faster, I'm more focused, and um, it's a big improvement for reaching that goal much faster Mm -hmm. and usually more efficiently. I see. When do you feel like it might take away from enjoying the process? Mm. Or can you enjoy the process and be urgent at the same time? No, it takes away from enjoyment a little bit because I feel rushed and a bit stressed by it. But the end it's result so is that it gets you, done. Yeah, so, and you could technically enjoy the urgency if you know what the end result's going to be? I suppose. I suppose if I'm in a hurry to get ready to go on a holiday, that's a different urgency than if I'm rushing to get report cards done it's a different situation but it's still stressful and every time it happens i still say next time i wish i allowed a bit more time right right true 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 this is a really trippy concept that we have to let go of our current identity for a future one and i know that might sound weird but let me explain in three to five years you are going to be different whether you like it or not and you will slightly identify as someone different and technically you will identify as a different person because your age will be different. So you will identify differently in three to five years. So this podcast recommends to let go of your current identity. Be open to letting it go. And then you will see new opportunities come and you won't deflect those or or out of fear stop them. I hope that makes sense. There was a clickbaity TED Talk called How to Get Anything You Want in Life. 
So I had to watch it, and the first point was interesting. It says, smart people don't always succeed because they know all the risks, whereas bold people often succeed. Now, she said, a smart person can be bold, and vice versa. So, don't think it's one or the other. Harry, can you, I wanted to interview you, can you, can you say what you just said? I'm just not in the headspace for an interview right okay, now. That's totally fair. Another day. Or in a minute when I ask again. We had a good idea. So she said we could have a Zoom call and everybody We, we have, oh my god, these chips look so good. It's like, have you guys ever seen these pita chips that, with like a little bit of seasoning on them? Oh my god. A side note, I, I usually wouldn't do a podcast like right before Shabbos like this, but... I promised myself, not even other people, I promised myself I'd do it every week. And so I'm going to get this done. To get anything you want, you have to ask. And another great point, they're saying people often rely on convenience too much. And they wait for something to come instead of finding what it is they want. Do you agree with, don't take what's available, find what's available? And if you do, have you utilized this in your life at all? By the way, people, my mother's 58. And has probably, maybe, done this, have you? Absolutely. The question was... Uh, in, don't, don't take what's available. Find what's available. Right. If you really want success or whatever you want. Well, as a teacher and as somebody who always has to look up information, it's more important to know how to find something than to know something. And you can't just sit around waiting. That's stagnant and that's, right. that's the end of it. So absolutely you have to look for what's out there. Some assume you have to be born with boldness, but this TED Talker said it's completely learned. Uh, also, oh, she mentions to practice asking for the little things so that you have no problem asking for the big things. Tim Ferriss had an amazing interview with Mr. Money Mustache, the guy that has this cool blog on finance, and he calls this stumbling onto happiness, where the difference between an average car versus what society deems an exceptional car is maybe 40000 or more versus an average chocolate bar compared to the world's finest chocolate. Could be 30 bucks, 50 bucks, maybe difference. And that's a big, like 30 to $50 from average to pristine compared to cars where average to pristine is like 40 to six figures potentially. He says that's an easy way to stumble onto happiness, or at least if you want to feel schmaltzy. This quote is amazing. I want you to remember this. If you can't afford to lose something, then you can't afford to buy it because then that item owns you. He talks about buying things and being aware they're going to break down. No matter how expensive something is, it will break down. That's inevitable. And that is such a humbling reminder. Now, this next point was also so mind-blowing, such a good tip. When buying things, think about how they'll get rid of negatives in your life, not how they'll add positives. And of course, you can say, okay, getting rid of a negative is a positive. Let's forget about that for now. I'm saying if someone just buys something for a positive, that's called hedonic adaptation. We get used to pleasure. That's just how we are as human beings. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here today. Remember that Neg negatives stick around way longer. That, that shit's traumatic. Negatives are trauma and they stick around so we don't make the same mistake. 
That's also why human beings are here. And so when purchasing things, remember that and see, aim for more negatives to go than positives to be added. Just saying. Jerry Seinfeld on Tim Ferriss said, just because something's simple doesn't mean it is easy. Do you agree with this? And happier about it now mm -hmm. than I was before. Good. Because no, that's one of the reasons. There's so much talk at school about it, it becomes unbearable. It's like unbearable. I want to visit with my coworkers and yeah. yell across the room because we're in this huge room, but I'm tired of the negativity and it's them telling me how many cases we have and, and all of these other things. We were just talking about with the new announcement today with COVID, it's just like exhausting and it's exhausting for everyone. So that's what I really liked what Optimal Health Daily said. Don't use the word diet necessarily. Use the word lifestyle because there's a negative connotation towards diet these days with the way the media portrays it. Lifestyle, you can word it as oh, what's your food lifestyle look like? What's your nutritional lifestyle look like these days? Versus what's your diet look like? And then for people who aren't in the fitness industry like me, they're going to automatically start putting it in a negative connotation, as, you know, whatever that is. Staying on, on the fitness topic, up-down circuits is what it's called when you get people on the floor and off the floor. And that's a way to increase their heart rate without doing tons of repetition, which could obviously do wear and tear on the joints, which is just mind-blowing to me. I never thought about this until now. Keeping people just up, down, less reps, better for the joints, but their heart rate goes up, and that's why you can, you can get some conditioning in a safe way going. Now, this next point was really cool. A bunch of just straight-up stats on Ben Greenfield's podcast. When we spend 30 minutes in nature, it lowers our cortisol. Fun fact. Now, having light hit our eyeballs will send a direct signal to our circadian rhythms and reset them properly. That's just from having light hitting our eyeballs. Um, we'll do that. That's it. Now, being sedentary drains blood from the brain. And just two minutes of movement for every 30 minutes of sedentary behavior can bring your body back to normal and to its baseline again, filling the brain with blood. That's really key. And I think I'm going to finish on that note. I might actually ask a quick question first, but just wait because the next time I talk to y'all, I have some crazy philosophy on free will and how free will is a rabbit hole you can dive down. And we will get to that. Last thing I'll ask you, mom, is uh, what do you find is the biggest difference in the generation when you were 24, so those 24-year-olds versus today's 24-year-olds? And this is when you were 24 versus 24-year-olds now. What's the difference in generation? Well, I was having my first child when I was in my right, 24th year. That's wild. Um, I got married at 22, so I know that's a bit younger, but... I think that people are waiting longer for relationships and commitments like that. Uh, there are way, way uh, more choices for young people, but at the same time, almost fewer opportunities. Like it's harder to get into school because the grade averages have gone up. It's harder to get jobs because people work for free as interns. So even though there are more choices and they're more, more, more mobile, in a sense, there are fewer opportunities because of the competition. And the biggest thing is technology. 
I can watch TV on my phone now. When I was 24, we paid $1,000 for a VCR. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, tech's gotten cheaper. It's a good point. Have you seen on Netflix, there are these new sh there's these episodes about people who've been married forever. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's no. all, yeah, you might like it because some like people, it's their, their 60th wedding anniversary, they're like 85, and you know, they just talk about their whole life and that whatnot. I don't excellent. know. I would like that. Yeah. Anyways, people, thanks so much for listening, and that's that. I wish you the best. Stay tuned every Friday. Bye.